On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside an all-new episode of Talkin' Audio. My name is Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talkin' Audio, facebook.com slash Talkin' Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Tag it in today. Michaela's not around. We got lots to talk about. Reached over, tagged in. Maddie Lang, how you doing today, bud? Good man. <laughs> Feel like it's like the uh, the free bird rule. There, yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> anybody can come in, defend the titles. <laughs> like that, man. How are things down there? Good. You know, it's a beautiful, rainy, gloomy day yeah. in the six, right? So uh, roll into fall, but you know what that means? It's time to talk hockey and basketball, right? <laughs> We're back to our winter sports for sure. Exactly. Um, man, we got a ton we want to get into here. We want to talk a little Blue Jays, want to talk a little basketball, want to talk a little hockey, lots going on. Uh, we got beer, of course. We always want to talk about that. Uh, just want to let people know in case they missed it. Episode 877 is up now at tallcanaudio.com. Uh, our buddy Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet was on the show talking all things wrestling. It's been a really interesting couple of months in the in the wrestling industry, and nobody's more connected there. He does most of the wrestling stuff for Sportsnet. Uh, so Kevin Mickey uh, was on the show, and uh, that is available now. Wherever you're listening to this one, when this is done, go back, check out 877. Uh, really interesting chat. Matty, have you, uh, I know you're an old school wrestling guy like me, has, have the new kids on the block got your attention at all? You, uh, you checked out any AEW? It's hard not to be a little interested, and I was actually going to request at some point in this show that maybe, uh, you know, I get my own uh, theme song like Adam Cole to come in with the boom or something. Love that, eh? You know, c- come in with the boom when I, when so you know it's Maddie coming on. Maddie Lang, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, I know we were going to talk about this, yeah. but honestly, it's it's good to have competition in everything, and. Uh, it makes it exciting. It makes it a little more exciting, right? Like you're kind of who's coming over to which promotion again now? What's yep. going on? Even if you're not watching it, I check Twitter to see what's going on sure. or uh, on the dirt sheets, 
you know, the old school dirt sheets. Uh, <laughs> so it's exciting. It's uh, it's good to see some of the guys, even an old guy like me who doesn't watch it too often, uh, see some of the, let's call wasted talent and WWE getting a, a platform. Totally, totally. It's far less scripted too. So I've uh, been really interesting to watch and check that out. So people can check out episode 877 with Kevin Mickey. What are you sipping on today, Matty? I happen to be in the West End today for work. So there's the benefit of, you know, these COVID restrictions getting a little bit better in person meetings again. And uh, I was over in Oakville and had an opportunity to stop by the tap room at Cameron's Brewery for the first time in eons. Hmm. And I picked up uh, the Cruising Through the Galaxy Hazy IPA that they told me won a bunch of awards. So, um, It's supposed to pair well with fish tacos, turkey burgers, and barbecue. But today we're having it with a side of uh, sports (laughs) talk. Exactly. (laughs) Have you? So you haven't had this one before? Was waiting to open it up. Out of boy. That's that's how new this one is to me. Okay, I like that, man. Uh, This one I believe I've had before. Opened up the fridge and kind of dug around and. This, I believe, is from an order I placed over the summer from the Stalwart Brewing Company. They're out in Carlton Place, so just a little bit west of Ottawa. This is called the Bachelor Imperial IPA. It's an 8.8%. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so it's going to have a little uh, a little bite to it, I would imagine. What's uh, your first impressions of that one? Okay, so it is strong. I'm just going to... I'm, I'm drinking out of a tall can. I'm going to pour it into a glass because I want to see the color a little bit. Let it breathe a bit here. Let's right. give you a good... It's actually a little bit lighter than I would have thought, but nice little citrus on it. A little bit of a bite. Yeah. Okay. I can see why this won some awards. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you can get it anywhere but the brewery. Um, but I do know they're doing a, a much bigger, uh, delivery area kind of like everywhere else in, uh, Ontario. So yeah, cruising through the galaxy. It's got, uh, it's a nice purple can with uh, space aliens on it. I like that. Uh- <laughs> This is, uh, I've had a couple things from Cameron's. I haven't had that one, obviously, but uh, they make some nice beers. So this one is, is thick mm. for sure. And maybe I should have expected that with the 8.8% ABV on it, but um, <laughs> it's juicy, right? I, it, it, it doesn't have a huge bite to it, but yeah, it's uh, thick and juicy, I think is what I would, uh, what I would describe this one as. And uh, that's, that's when uh, Apple and Spotify just put a uh, adult rating on your podcast. Exactly, man. <laughs> thick and juicy is also how I would describe myself. So uh, we will, <laughs> we'll carry on from there, man. Um, lots we could get to here. Tons of hockey stuff with camps opening up. But why don't we start, since you referenced the COVID uh, restrictions, starting to open up a little bit. Uh, it was just a couple of days ago that I believe it was the star who first posted that the Leafs and Raptors are expecting to play to full houses this year. That hasn't yet been made official. Right now we're seeing the Blue Jays capped at 15,000 uh, over at the Sky Dome. CFL stadiums are not yet full. So it would be new to see these you know, places like the Air Canada Centre, a strictly indoor facility, get to go to max capacity. And, and we'll see if that happens or not. But you're a season ticket holder for the Toronto Raptors. And I just wonder kind of what your thoughts on it are and, you know, are you ready to see that? Do you think it's time? You know, how are you feeling about it? The, the restriction, of course, being you will have to be double vaccinated. The COVID test won't be enough. So what are your thoughts? I haven't heard a damn thing from Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment yet. And Raptors are about to start uh, their camp in, I guess, preseason games in a month. Um, they're supposed to start. Leafs start in three days. Uh, <laughs> Leafs start in three days. Um Nothing from the ticket 
team, nothing from the management, no emails, no, you know, usually at the beginning of the season, you get a letter from, you know, president and chief, uh, Masai Ujiri addressed to everybody. Um, absolutely nothing. So this, you know, it definitely came as a shock. I'll tell you this too, last Wednesday when they dropped the tickets for the preseason Leaf games, I happened to be working from my computer. So I see it pop up, I click on it. And I thought, oh, wouldn't this be cool? I'll send my uh, my younger cousin loves the least. Let me see what the prices are. Let me see if I can get, grab her a pair of tickets. Mm-hmm. Clicked on the link, and sure enough, it looked like the entire stadium was open. Wow! To grab tickets, and yep. I thought, nah, it's got to be a it's got to be a mistake. <laughs> Anyways, you know, preseason tickets are a little bit, you know, fairly priced. Sure. In comparison, so I grabbed the tickets and. I mention it to her and I say, hey, just an FYI, you know, are you comfortable with this? Because it looks pretty packed. I'm thinking at least 50% for this preseason game. So I don't know if they're doing 50% for the preseason or if that's supposed to be full this weekend. It doesn't weekend. seem like they know yet either. Like, you um, sit here Wednesday, first game is Saturday. It, yeah. They're selling of, it like it's going to be full, but it, we don't know that. Kind of crazy. Um, of course, today, you know, being the 22nd, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, today, the past, the, the moderate passport thing kind of came in today, right? Yeah. In Ontario. So um, everybody I know have been trying to download things onto their phone and stuff um, or to print out to walk around with it. I assume they know something that we don't, right? right. Like, I think, we, you know, when we we're talking about the Blue Jays, they knew they were coming back before everybody else knew, obviously, right? Because they got to prepare for everything. So I'm assuming that it's a go-ahead, right? I can't imagine. And I think you tweeted something out like this about the Blue Jays, right? They don't want to run at 15%. No. And you know Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. They don't want to bring in staff and train staff and you know run the beer and the food for... 20% for right. 25%. Yeah. It almost doesn't make sense for them, right? Um, I don't know. It's marked up high enough there. Maybe it still does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to see what it's going to be marked up at now, Honestly, to be honest with you. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I, as a season, like, as somebody living in Toronto, listen, I, I've been out to King Street. Um, you know, I work down on Front Street. It's getting back to the point where even when you're walking down the sidewalk, it's getting busy. Right. Um, and not everybody's walking down the street with a mask on because being in Toronto, you know, I think there's this feeling of, Hey, 80% of us plus are double vaxxed or whatever it might be. And, um, now does that change if things start to get out of hand? Maybe, um, I'm, I think I'm okay to go back and there'll probably be something as, as far as, you know, until you get to your seat, you got to maybe wear a mask and mm-hmm. maybe if you're not eating or drinking, you should be wearing a mask. And I can only assume that if anybody's going to be tight on restrictions, it's going to be Scotiabank center. Right. So well, I'm, I wonder, I'm, right? like, I'm ready to go back though. And yeah. I, it does worry me a little bit to, you know, in the back of your mind saying 18,000 fans. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that, you know, once you're kind of there and you, you you're kind of feeling okay, You'll, you'll kind of forget about it a little bit, right? Yeah, and, and that was one thing that uh, that Kevin actually mentioned on uh, on yesterday's show was that he had been to a couple of Jays games, and at first it is jarring. Like, you've been trained for two years now almost, or 18 months, whatever, to shy away from crowds. And so it takes a little bit to get comfortable again. Um, mm-hmm. But when you watch those Jays games right now, 
unless you're eating or drinking, you are supposed to be wearing a mask. And there's not many masks being worn. Like, it's yeah, not yeah, being enforced no. all that much. Now, I think you're right, though. I think once you get to a point where everybody is double vaccinated that's in the building, it's not perfect, but you're as safe as you're going to be, right? Like, perfect isn't on the table for us right now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you just leave it up to your customer. You open it up. You got to be double vaccinated. And if, if people are ready to come back, then they will. But uh, I was I think that's, I, I think that's what it is, you know, and, and like you said, it's not going to be perfect. Um, but, you know, you know, we look at the stats, the number of, and, you know, we're not a science podcast here by any means or a data driven podcast, <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs> take it a big sigh of relief there. Yeah. But, you know, we know the, if you're double vaccinated, you know, the chances of getting a breakthrough case are significantly reduced. Yep. Um, and if you, you know, the chance of the severity is significantly reduced. And, um, you know, I think as, as a city, as a country, you know, it's, it's going to go this way anyways. Right. And we're seeing other countries already having, you know, having games and, um, and again, I guess to this point, there've been typically outdoor stadiums for everything. Yeah. Uh, but listen, you take a look at some of these college football stadiums. You take a look at some of these European European soccer slash football stadiums. But outdoors, they right? Are like, it people feels in. different for some reason when it's outdoors. I, these indoor arenas are different to me. Now, we did see the NBA was playing in full buildings. We saw the NHL was playing in full buildings. So uh, in the U.S. anyway, not up here in in Canada. So people are doing it, but the U.S. is. Whatever you guys are weird down there. Like it's <laughs> there. The the country is fifty three percent vaccinated. They've just decided whatever we're done with this and and opened up. And I think when our as you said, uh, Toronto now up over eighty percent of adults fully vaccinated. Ottawa's at eighty eight. Um, you know it's not the same completely across the country, but it's much higher than fifty three percent. And if you're going to have to show proof of vaccination. This is this was the whole point, right? This is why you wanted to get people vaccinated was so you could get people back to normal. And it's not going to be completely normal, but I, I I just think yeah, it's time. It's time to let people make that decision for themselves. And there will be lots of people who still decide yeah, that just doesn't feel like a good idea to me, and that's fine too. But mm-hmm. I th- but I think mm-hmm. as long as you're insisting that everyone is vaccinated, yeah, it's probably okay, right? For sure, right? And. You know, when we, when we talked last time, uh, when I was visiting up at the cottage, a couple of weeks before that, I had been to the Arkells concert, one of the first concert that was in Toronto, again, outdoors mm-hmm. venue. Um, I had specifically chosen seats at the back of a section, um, trying to be a little more cognizant. Um, but, you know, you're still walking by people. Yep. Um, on the way in, everybody was very good about having a mask on. On the way out, everybody was probably a little sauced. So <laughs> not everybody was probably being super good about having a mask on as we were. Um, next week, uh, game two of that series against the Yankees, I'll be at the Jays game, first nice, Jays man. game of the year. So boy. Um, could be a big one. Fingers crossed it could be a, a clincher. Um, well, before we fired this up, they were getting just walloped. We should mention you're down in Tampa, oh. seven nothing or something. So yeah, well, you know, you know that's the one place the Jays oh, do not play ball, right? So, yeah. um, but hey, on the Jays topic, we got the Red Sox and Yankees are playing one more series, I think. Yep, and then we've got the Yankees too. So, um, oh yeah, fate's still in right, your hands. Take care of take care of your own business. Yep, and it, it should be okay for the for the Jays. So, um, but again, you know, like going to a Jays game, I'm. I'm thinking like, okay, what is, what's it going to be like entering? Yep. 
right? Or, you know, what's the, what's the crowd going to be like trying to go through? Um, definitely some sense of caution, but I'm sure once, you know, you get into your seats and you start the OK Blue Jay chants <laughs> and uh, all that sort of stuff and get stretching yeah, for the seventh inning, yeah. everything's going to feel back to normal a little bit, right? Yep. yep. Uh, why don't we stay on the Jays here? Um, and on Monday night, a little bit of controversy. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't think most people happened to catch it in the moment. It was sort of afterwards that the video started yeah. to surface that uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is coming into home plate and uh, Alejandro Kirk for the Blue Jays, the bat catcher, goes to try and tag him. And his his card, his play card, essentially, and we'll describe it in a second, comes pulled out of his the wristband that it's tucked in. Kevin Kiermeyer picks it up and carries it back to the Tampa dugout. And, you know, what's on these cards are essentially how you're pitching to different hitters, right? It's sort of been decided. You've gone over your strategies for different batters uh, from Tampa Bay, and the catcher can take a quick look at it and go, yeah, okay, this is what we're using against this guy. This is how we're going to pitch to that guy. And then he puts the the signals down for the pitcher, who also from time to time will check. It's usually inside his hat or uh, tuck mm-hmm. in his belt or something, but it's a lot more pre-regimented than it used to be, right? And it's written out. So now you have a member of the Tampa Bay Rays who has grabbed your strategy and carried it back to the dugout and handed it off to uh, one of the bench coaches. Um, at some point, when Kirk notices it's missing and they figure out what's happened, they send somebody over to the Tampa Bay dugout and ask for it back. And they shrug it off, kind of laugh it off. Say, ah, we can't hit Robbie Ray anyway. Don't worry about it. And, and it don't return it until the next day. Uh, the two managers speak. The GMs speak. Um, it's unclear based on the articles I read whether MLB got involved at all. But everybody apologized and said, you know, oh, I didn't, Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, said, I didn't even know we had it till the next day and all these sorts of things, man. But a day later, you've gotten everything you could possibly get from it anyway, a photocopy, a picture, whatever. And it's not so much, like you can easily before the next game just change up your your approach a little bit, although you do have a reason you're trying to pitch these guys that way. But it's more getting a look at how you strategize, right? You're, you've sort of opened the door. Here's what they do. Here's how they do it. And as a team that, you know, if you were to be lucky enough to get into a wild card game and win it, you're going to play Tampa. And they've sort of had a look at behind closed doors. At the same time, People didn't used to do this. You used to just call game by memory, by feel, whatever. You're the one who brought the card onto the field. You're the one who dropped it. Fuck you. I picked it up, right? And and off I went with it. There's some sportsmanship thing questions here. At the same time, there's some, if you're not cheating, you're not trying things happening here. Took the line right from me. Okay, man. You like You got to bring out the Eddie Guerrero, right? Of course, man. What did you make of this whole thing? it's not even if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I mean, it's right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it, it's, I think the blame has to be on the Jays a little bit. Yep. Um, like you said, right. I mean, you should be preparing for, for this, right. We know Kirk's getting the start because he's a much better batter. He's got to be doing a better job from the defensive end. He shouldn't know this stuff. It's your ace on the mound. If you don't know how to call your ace in a big game like this, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> and he's only throwing right? like, two pitches all year. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he's just really good at those two pitches. That's right. Like, you need to know this. And 
I tell you, man, like we're in a world now where MLB the show knows exactly where the hitters can hit and where they can't. Yep. So it's not a surprise that, you know, what's Tampa Bay bringing that back and going like, oh yeah, I don't hit the outside low pitch. <laughs> he knows that. Right. You know, he knows he shouldn't be swinging at that. But the same way that Robbie, like, is it sequenced, right? Like, did because when you put down the signs, it's sometimes it's the third one. Sometimes it's, we just don't know how much is on this card. Yeah. And okay, sure. Like maybe there's a sequence or, you know, there's the signs, but it's not unusual for teams to change signs up anyways. If they they feel like there's been too many guys on second base or they feel like there's maybe something going on or they're reading their, their signs a little bit. I mean, this is the other thing. This is baseball, right? We're cheating is encouraged and hated at the same time, right? <laughs> if you're on second base, you're supposed to be trying to steal the signs, yeah. but then they're supposed to throw at you if they figure out you did steal the signs. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This baseball code, baseball code stupider than the hockey code, quite frankly. <laughs> so I mean, if you're bringing a card out, unless it's taped to your wrist like the quarterbacks do in the NFL, mm-hmm. where it's literally like a strap uh, on your wrist and it can't come off, be be cautious. And how are you? How would anybody be upset for looking down and going, huh, I'll there take a look at that? Why Why wouldn't you? If, it, if you were walking the halls and you found it on the ground, you'd pick it up as well. And anybody who's saying, if it was a J, if this was back in the day and Jose Bautista picked it up, everybody would be saying, yeah, you know, he just wants to win. It's but true. when you're on the other side of it, and I think, you know, that's the sport, the sport fan, all of us, right? When it's oh, our yeah, team. Total hypocrisy, it, right? It's <laughs> our team flipping bats. It's great. When it's the other team flipping bats, it's like, look at that prick. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it, it goes back and forth. And I think sometimes with, with this type of stuff, it's important to remember, oh, yeah, how would I feel if this was just two teams I didn't care about? You know, and I, yeah. I just, I just couldn't get mad. And you know, when I first saw it posted, I'm like, "What a dick!" <laughs> and that and could be true. Time, it, 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 he could still be a dick, but why wouldn't he do it? Like, right. of course, he's going to try to get an upper. You're trying to get an upper hand in everything you do in sports. Some right? guys though would leave it. Some guys would have left it behind. I'm not going to pick it up. Hey, you dropped this and hand it back. We're competitors. Whatever. Some guys would have just noticed it but kept walking. He picked it up. Like it's possible for it to be a total dick move but also one that you would hope your guy would do, right? And that's the hypocrisy of it. And um, I do wonder, you mentioned the baseball code. Is this one of those things where, okay, I see what you did. I see why you did it. And the next night, Manoa buries a fastball into his rib cage just to go, don't fuck around like that anymore. Like don't. And, and that's what everybody assumed because Manoa is the guy on the mound yep. who would do that. Yep. And he didn't because no. the game is too important right now at this time of the year against a team. You're you're almost preparing to play in the playoffs. Yeah, you're not going to get up and do that sort of stuff, right? I, I got to be honest with you, man. There is a part of me that would have went. Good for you, buddy. I, I would have been okay. If he did it. <laughs> Again, that's the, the thing. The game I'm ended like, up being so close. It, fine. He couldn't anyway, right on Tuesday. But, but you're right. I don't want him doing it right. because I also don't. He's already been suspended for five games. For, for doing it once. Yes, it's true. You don't want him suspended again, right? We need this guy pitching, I think it's twice more before the end of the season. Yeah. The last thing we want is him, you know, Charlie banging on the drums before the, <laughs> you know, in the dugout, telling Manoa, hey, you know, forget about the plan. Just bury one in this guy's ribs. Yeah. But I think... Right? I want, he's a rookie, right? You want to keep him on, you know, on page and 
winning that game was far more, especially if we're getting blown out today, yeah. far more important, right, to win today's game or yesterday's game. I think, uh, yeah, I think if you had found yourself down five nothing or up five nothing at some point, though, you may have seen, uh, you may have seen a little retribution. Maybe not from Manoa. Maybe you bring in a lesser light of from your bullpen that you don't mm-hmm. mind. It has to has to wear that a little bit, but. It's one of those things where, you know, the code is stupid and I've railed against it a hundred times, but you know, if once you took the card, you're like, fuck you, buddy. And <laughs> I am going to bury one on you the next time. And maybe it just has to wait till April or something like that. Right. But, uh, I, I think that happens sometimes. And while it is stupid, there is a part of me, I'll admit that would have went, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of back and forth on this because yeah. I, I'm like you. It's the hypocrisy, like you said. For the sake of being a Blue Jay fan, yeah, I want this. I want to see a little something. Sure. And you know what? Maybe this, if this is in May, maybe we do see something. Right. But right now, I think the uh, the cost benefit just isn't there for the Jays. You know, after the whole, uh, I was going to say the hole they put themselves in, but really having to play in Tampa and in Buffalo um, before even coming back to the real fans, right? A I think. Real um, holes, yeah couple of real holes, right? And um, I think, that, you know, there's just too much on the line right now trying to make this playoff spot, right? Yep, I think you're right. But uh, you don't see this every day. It was an interesting story. And uh, yeah, if it was one of the Jays that had done it instead of Kevin Kiermeyer, you know, maybe we do view it differently. But uh, it got and everybody's again, hair hey, up a little bit. If this, if this happens in the, you know, in the playoffs and Vladdy or Bo reaches down and grabs it, I'm good with it. Yep. Right? All of a sudden, I'm of, good with this. Of course. Uh, NHL camps opened up today, a couple of interesting storylines and, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a bummer, but they do largely revolve around, uh, COVID and a couple of them, you know, related to free agents, not yet signed as we sit here Wednesday night, Brady Kachuk did not report to Ottawa senators camp, neither Quinn Hughes or, uh, Pedersen reported to Canucks camp. So those are a fucking mess. Um, but what we did see was two NHL players who have showed up to camp uh, not vaccinated and they won't be allowed to cross the border, essentially. So you're talking about Tyler Batuzzi in Detroit. Uh, so most of their games are in the United States. It's not a huge deal, but it is still. There are nine games Detroit has to play in Canada this year and he won't be able to go because as an unvaccinated player, uh, he would have to quarantine, and by the time quarantine was over, the games would be over. So he will be left behind. Here's the wrinkle for the NHL that makes this interesting and probably is what ended up talking so many guys into doing it. He doesn't get paid for those games. And so over the course of the nine days that he will not be playing, he will forfeit $450,000 um, to not play for Detroit and Detroit actually will end up gaining that $450,000 in cap space because he won't be on the roster at the time. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, that was the only way they would get the teams to go along with it, right? Is yes, we want to enforce this, but we don't want to get hurt by it. Right. If you had three guys on your team that all couldn't go into Canada and leave a gaping hole in your roster. The other one is Josh Archibald out in Edmonton. Now, Josh Archibald is not an important player. He's a fourth-line guy. He's all right at killing penalties. Um, But they play 52 games this year in Canada. So there are 30 games he will not be eligible for because once he goes down to the U.S., same thing. You would have to cross the border back into Canada and then 
sit out for two weeks. But because Calgary and Vancouver are in their division and, you know, they have games against Winnipeg, Toronto, Ottawa, and 41 home games, um, the majority of the season is already in Canada. But 30 games is a ton to sit out, especially when you're a fourth line guy, right? Um, and I guess the other one would be, uh, what's his name there with the, the Blue Jackets, uh, Zach Ronaldo. I was just told, yeah, don't even come to camp. We don't want you. And uh, unless you're vaccinated, don't show up to training camp and you'll resp- resp- uh, report to the RAHL team and, and they'll figure out what to do with you. Man, 450 grand, I can't imagine the privilege. The, and I don't throw around that word very often, but living a life where you can piss away 450 grand and not care like, uh, like Tyler Bertuzzi is about to do to just show up and tell your teammates, yeah, I'm bailing on you for nine games this year. I won't be a part of it. I can't imagine, man. And let's say Detroit doesn't suck and maybe was going to make, <laughs> had a chance of making the playoffs. What happens if your second line winger goes and you, uh, who knows, you end up having to play Toronto or Montreal or Ottawa in the playoffs in the first round? Yeah, I'm only playing home games. What a douche, right? Like this is really interesting that we have seen now guys showing up to camp unvaccinated and, and what the consequences are going to be. So my first question has got to be when I download Chell this year, does that take into consideration <laughs> that they can't come across the border? Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't play in Canadian arenas. <laughs> like, can we can we figure that out? Can we get EA Sports on the line here? I love that, man. Do we know somebody? Love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's it's basically a real life sim, right? So there's got to be some. It's in the game. It's That's in what the they game, tell you, right? right? <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Like, but imagine having you know to look around your room and just tell everybody, yeah, no, I'm out for those nine games. I didn't feel like doing this. Yeah, and before we even get onto that, because I, I do think there's something interesting about that and like the the concept of team with that as well. Yeah. But I want to say that I remember now it was from an NBA perspective, but there are certain arenas and certain states um, that are also not yeah. allowing people to play. I know Essentially California you can't come to work, right? Like California, and I want to say New York I think as it's New well. York, yeah. Um. And there's there's a third one for sure, but the I mean the two big markets were California and New York. Um, in talking about NBA, but also NHL, right? So that means he could also, you know, and if he's playing for Detroit, guess what? You have to play the Islanders and you have to play the Rangers. Yeah. Um, Kings, and, Ducks, mm-hmm. Sharks. Mm-hmm. So I I don't like how do you how is a team going to okay this? Well, this is why in, the Tyler Bertuzzi one is interesting because Zach Ronaldo and Josh Archibald, whatever your fourth liners, this is, you got to have a set of balls on you to be Josh Archibald. You're replaceable. Like you're just a guy. And to, to just show up and assume that the team's going to tolerate, like Ken Holland said, uh, GM of the Oilers in his, you know, opening of training camp press conference. Yeah. If he's on the roster, he'll miss 30 games. I think you should listen very clearly when he says, if he's on the roster, like, <laughs> you'll either be sent down or maybe traded to an American team where this isn't quite as big of a problem, at least as often, but you, you're, you got to understand your place in the world. Right. And. Oh, and it, it, I think they, you know, so I, I think baseball is an interesting 
microcosm of this, right? Because I know, I think we talked about this, whether it was on air or off the air, I can't remember, but when the season started this year, every team had to wear, you know, full protocol, their mask, even on the bench. Yeah. But they had some number of, once they hit 85 or 90%, they kind of got the chance to... Yeah, once your team hit 85% vaccinated, most of the protocols went away. Went away, right? And we, we talked about this, right? Where it was like, you know, if you're, you know, maybe Vladdy Guerrero, and I, I don't know what their statuses are, but if you're Vladdy Guerrero, you can probably do what you want. Yep. But if you're Alejandro Kirk at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. you're like... Hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> Just um, some guy barely clinging on in the bullpen. Yeah. You are not yeah, the one who's stopping us yeah. from going out. You'll be in AAA before you know yeah. it. <laughs> we're, we're two guys away from living our normal life and going to dinners again and not walking around with masks everywhere we go. Yeah. You know, are you, are you sticking around with the Bisons? Are you, right. are you coming with us, right? And I think, you know, whether peer pressure is good or not as far as health stuff goes, um, and you know, I can only assume most teams did what, um, the Washington football team did, which was, um, and for, you know, I know not, you know, not, not a big NFL podcast, but to give the background, right. Um, Ron Rivera is a cancer survivor yes. with, he's very immunocompromised. I mean, there was points last season where he was getting treatment at halftime, <laughs> right? Right. We're talking about a guy who was pretty close to death and, and, and fought his way through this or fighting his way through this mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and a separate discussion of African-Americans and vaccines, especially in America yeah, and why there's a little bit more, um, hesitancy, fear and hesitancy, um, and uncertainty, um, specifically with the NFL with, with the vaccine, mm-hmm. but you know, they brought it, he brought people in. Yeah. to talk to his team and try to educate from a place of understanding as opposed to forcing his team. Yep. The NFL is still very unvaxxed, right. <laughs> right? I can't remember what the Washington football team is, but they are, as a league, they're very unvaxxed for you know those reasons we were just talking about. Um, but in a situation in the NHL where you got 99.8% of players who are vaccinated, I got to imagine the way that sports teams work, there's going to be that pressure. Mm-hmm. If you're that fourth line Archibald, you're going to have to make some life decisions. Right. And they're going to end up being career decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, in, unless you're, I mean, uh, if you caught the news about uh, William Nylander today. Yeah. So we should bring some, everybody in. Yes. He, yes. He, uh, at his press conference at Toronto camp. He came right out. And the first thing he said, he goes, you guys will notice I'm wearing a mask. I am not yet fully vaccinated. Uh, I had some health situations this summer. I will be fully vaccinated by the time the season starts. Exactly. And of and, course and that, it would be Willie, right? Like the guy that people course. are always waiting to just <laughs> rip, it's always going to be Willie. And he put himself behind the now, apparently, for legit reasons, but you're just like, man, it couldn't have been anybody else. It had to be Willie. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't. Have, it had to be Willie or Marner. Like, it, it just had to be knowing our luck, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, who else could it have been? It would have been better. Like, is it, it if it's Austin Matthews? Guy on the team. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> hey, I'm still a Willie guy, but of course. Um, 
at least he, you know, and I know that's, you know, the clickbait world we live in, that's not how they necessarily reported it um, in the headlines until you really clicked on the articles. But that's a legitimate thing, right? And there's going to be people in everybody's lives who cannot get a vaccine mm-hmm. because of health reasons or health risks, which to me is just more a reason you should get it um, for those people. Yeah. But I mean, like, it sounds for these NHLers, like... these guys are going to have to make decisions on their career, right? And that's because it is a privilege to play in a league like this, right? This is, this, you know, because you're, anyway, I, I don't want to get on that, that moral stream <laughs> of it, but um, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is a privilege, right? It's a privilege to do a lot of what we get to do, especially in North America, right? So I know there's people who are upset about this and, well, it's interesting you say it, right? Like, let's say it was Austin Matthews. Is there's a lot of people saying that Tyler Bertuzzi is in breach of contract because he's not going to be able to play um, mm-hmm. nine, nine mm-hmm. games? But when he signed that contract, to be fair to him, this wasn't a thing. You didn't put in there anything about me having to be vaccinated and against a disease we don't even know or didn't even know existed yet, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So it's, I don't think he's in breach of contract, but I do think a team can say, just like Columbus did to Zach Ronaldo, get the fuck out of here. You don't work here unless you're vaccinated. Lots of workplaces are doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's fair too. But to just opt out of nine games, like you say, maybe one of them's a must win as you're coming down the stretch and one of your top guys is just not there. I, Josh Archibald and Zach Ronaldo whatever, aren't changing anything for team. But if Austin Matthews had showed up and said, no, I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't believe in it. He's under completely different protocols. He can't do all the things that everybody else is going to be able to do on the road, right? He's stuck basically in his hotel, the practice rink and the arena. But, you know, well, first of all, he's, you're going to have to decide, does Austin Matthews play games for Toronto in the United States or in Canada? Obviously mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. choose Canada because there's 41 home games and whatever, mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, that guy can't cross the border with you because when he comes back, he's got to quarantine. This is going to be a thing, I think, for a while um, where, you know, you can't force people to do it. And you could trade Austin Matthews pretty easily. You'll lose that trade, but you could do it. But it it's going to be weird, man. Like, it's going to be hard to enforce this and and just it's opt gonna, out of your number one center. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be weird for the next little while, just as a society, because listen, I'm not breaking any news here, right? Like, we know we couldn't go to school without immunizations, right? Yep. The reason that in the last 15 years, parents could decide whether they want to immunize their children to send them to school was because for 40 years, we all got our immunizations yes. and essentially eradicated, at least in North America, Things like pertussis, which is whooping cough, mm-hmm. and rubella, and smallpox, and TB. But guess what? In the rest of the world, these things still exist. Yep. Right. So it, you know, presented an opportunity for all the Karens out there to say, "Well, I don't want to put this into my child anymore because this isn't natural." And you know, I pray on Wednesdays and Sundays, so yeah. I'm good. Now, that's not the situation we're in now, right? So, can you tell people? they can't work because they're not getting a vaccine. Yes, you can. Right. I, I mean, you, you can't, can't work here. Yeah. You can't, you can't be a nurse. I know that, and this is going to be a huge thing across society right now, but you can't be a nurse and you cannot be in the um, police force. And 
I don't know about the Canadian Army, but I was reading an article about the U.S. Army. Yes. You cannot be in the U.S. Army without your basic vaccines. Yep. Because you're putting everybody else at risk. So now in the U.S., especially, well, because it's federal, the Army has to get the COVID vaccine. Yep. You know, regardless of which God you pay, pray to. Yeah. On the weekends. Okay. So why is the NHL going to be any different from this? And why is any other private business going to be different from this? It's kind of the what it comes down to. And listen, health, sure, health is everybody's right. Okay. I'm yeah, <laughs> disagree course, with that. But at that point, it's also the employer's right to not have you work there. Mm-hmm. So I, I can only imagine this is going to go to an NHL PA or a NFL PA or one oh, of these yeah, votes. will be grieved and, over and over. And I mean, look how long it took us to take concussion serious, right? It was losing Sidney Crosby for a year and a half, yep. right? If And I'd love to say it would be the same thing for Austin Matthews, but I'm not even sure. Unless it's like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin, I don't think the needle's moving at all. Right. At least in this sport, right? If it's the needle, you LeBron say. James, yeah, <laughs> not moving any closer to give you the jab, right? And is it, you know, unless it's LeBron James, who also or, said he was or, or Durant, but as big a name as the NBA has. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? And but again, it's you know, if it's he's obviously very connected with the uh, NBA PA, right? Yep. Um, since his best friend's the, the president there, um, Chris Paul. I mean, there's obviously decisions that get made, um, accessing education and um, information. And yeah, I don't think he ever um, said I will not get it. I think he said yep. he was worried about it, and he was and I don't think any. I don't think anybody wasn't right. at least a little yeah, I think concerned, yeah. right? I, I think everybody should have been a little interested in, in what was going on. And, sure. um, and listen, that being said, I've actually had clients tell me um, in the last two weeks that they went and got their first shot because, and now I find this a little, a little bit funny, but the FDA approved, finally, not only just like emergency approved, but fully approved yep. the vaccines, at least the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's interesting because, you know, we're in Canada yeah. and, you know, the FDA, FDA has, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really mean anything to us, but hey, at least, I mean, you know. It was reassuring uh, to some people. That, reassuring to yeah. those people that, okay, now it feels better because this large agency has fully, right. you know, okayed things. So, oh, man, I... Well, one of the other guys that didn't show up to camp but will is Duncan Keith with the Oilers. And um, I get, well, one of the interesting things about a lot of these guys, and Willie in particular, the Leafs all got their first dose just before the playoffs, if you'll recall. Like, it came time. And then there's some talk. I'm not an expert on this by any means. They didn't have their second dose by the time the series was over. And when they were eliminated, he went back to Sweden. And Sweden has not pressed very hard on the vaccines. And so what's likely happened is he went home, didn't get it in Sweden. And when he arrived back to Canada, you know, had to get the second dose, then two weeks to wait. So it is still sort of like, come on, man, like you could have been on top of this because you're clearly not opposed to it. It seems more like you put your homework off until the last possible night, right? Is, um, is sort of what happened. Duncan Keith was more of a by the sounds of it, this was a very difficult decision for him. He didn't know if he wanted to get it or not. Um, he was sort of on the fence and uh, had had his first dose and has either just now or very recently had his second, <laughs> but the league doesn't count him as fully vaccinated until two weeks after that second one. So Correct. he's not welcome Correct. to camp until I think they said next Friday, 
but he's already been skating with the team like before official camps opened. So it's a little bit odd that, you know, you're trying to keep track of this. It's not official, right? So we don't have to police that part of it. Right, exactly. It's just kind of weird that this is, but yet Josh Archibald, who hasn't been vaccinated at all, they have Ken Holland said, well, we don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Well, listen, Duncan Keith, Duncan Keith's in Edmonton, which just went back into a full, pandemic mode yeah so i'm more worried yeah, about a bit of a the, problem yeah I'm, I'm more worried about him going to the corner store to get his dip seriously to man. go to go out for a skate than about him playing well, hockey to be honest true, with man. you and like it is funny to think he was brought in for leadership and he shows up unvaccinated <laughs> like all right like whatever yeah and, and okay and you know I'll, I'll give a guy like that a pass a little bit because it really was like you know, between the provincial government, especially in, in Alberta, they were very hard. I mean, in Ontario, as you know, uh, the Ford government was like, hey, we're not doing this this yeah. vaccine pass thing. Yep. Um, and then kind of were forced into it when numbers started to get a little bit iffy. Yeah. Um, in Alberta, they oh, the were Alberta government hard. He, you know, Kenny was just saying, hey, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Until he was literally forced by the medical, the you know, by, collapsing by, by his hospitals and the Ministry of Health over there saying, like, you got to do something, man. We, we're out of beds. Yeah. So um, there might have been something in his head thinking, like, hey, I don't need to do this just yet because yeah. I don't need to. And, you know, I, you, you got to assume that, like, the teams have to take some responsibility for this as well, oh, right? For sure they do. And, and be telling their players, like, Hey, this is what you need to play in this province right now. Well, Kyle um, Dubas and- said he was on Bob McCown's podcast. There, Kyle Dubas said uh, when Bob asked him, I think this would be about ten days ago. You know, are you, do you foresee any issues with your team as far as vaccinations go? He said there will be no issues. Everyone on our team and our staff will be vaccinated. And mm-hmm. there was something about the way he said it that indicated it looks like that's going to be the case anyway. But they've been told yeah. if you're playing here. Like he, he had put his foot down. It kind of felt like on you. And that doesn't surprise me. The Leafs have been kind of a forward looking, um, forward thinking organization mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have just said, you want to be a Leaf? You're going to be vaccinated. Otherwise we'll find you a new home. Yeah. And you know, let's go back and look at who owns the Leafs, right? Mm-hmm. You got these big corporations that have to make big decisions and, um, with with an outlook to everybody, right? And yeah. how do they look when they're making these decisions as well, right? Um, and they own the building, and they own the teams, um, you know, and they own other companies. So um, it'd be very hard for these, you know, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, the Raptors, the Leafs, um, and all the subsidiaries, the Marleys, etc., to say, hey, we have different rules than the rest of you, because sure. as we know in the Twitter age, it doesn't tend to go over very <laughs> no, well. It doesn't. Right, uh, so you you got to make those decisions, and hey, you know what? Good on them for at least being consistent with those decisions. What is it you're going to be? Uh, you know, give me one or two things that you're going to keep an eye on during Leafs camp as it uh, they get on the ice for the first time on Thursday. What's going to be of interest to you, and and what are you kind of looking to to deceive? And if it's just curiosities as they get ready for the season, for me, it's what what's going on in that uh, second and third line. You know, and, and it's going to sound strange, right? Because you, you know who's at the top, yep. right? And you know at least two of the spots on your top, on your second line are probably full. Mm-hmm. And you know 
basically your fourth line, what that's going to look like with Spezza and maybe Engvall, Simmons, and, you know, you move one guy in or out, whatever it might be. But that third line, what's going to happen in there? We've got a bunch of guys coming into camp, right? Um, we got, I'm going to mispronounce his name here, but Camp coming in there. um, Andre Kasha, got Nick Ritchie. Mikhaev still looking in. to move up. You know, Kerfoot looks um, good sometimes with Tavares and Nylander. He might get moved up to a wing, right? Yeah. Um, like you said, Nick Ritchie. Um, who's the kid from uh, Sault Ste. Marie that uh, they keep bringing around? The guy from Arizona. Um, oh, yeah. Bunting. Bunting. Yeah. You know, did he Nick just Robertson's have... fishing around. Nick Robertson. I mean, at some point, you got to give him time and he's... Definitely not a fourth liner. No. I mean, he's about my size, so he's not, <laughs> he's not a third liner either. So if he's going to play somewhere, you, you hope he's playing on a big line, right? Yeah, because yeah. the kid's got hands, and his brother just went off last year, right? His older brother with yeah. uh, Dallas had a great season. Um, I think he finished second in rookie of the year voting. Yeah, I believe that's right. Um, the kids can play. Yeah. You know that the family's got some skill. Um, he's going to be great for the uh, – and just from the other side of it, I mean – Kind of like where uh, Nazim Kadri was amazing for the Muslim community in Toronto. Mm-hmm. A guy like Nick Robertson is going to be great for the Asian community <laughs> and getting get bringing people in. And I know some people might hear me say that and kind of scoff at it. It but matters. You know, it, it it matters, right? Representation matters, and having a kid like that. I know he's you know from California, but that's you're going to have Asian kids of Asian descent, whether they're first, second, third generation. Yeah interested in seeing what this kid is doing because they're going to feel like oh he's kind of like me right and that that makes me think i could do this at some point right sure. and, uh we've got uh who's um hosang is is uh got signed to a i can't yeah. remember if it's a tryout or a two-way yeah. you know that's a guy with some josh hosang um Hosang's, and also he's shown some skill in the past nikita gusev just signed a uh, yes, he was the other well. one. So it's going to be crowded, man. It's going to be crowded. And, you know, the one thing about the Leafs have been able to do, though, in the last couple of years with the big contracts is sign these guys, figure out who fits. You hope they don't cut them and they can <laughs> get them down into the minors because it's hockey, right? We're going to have injuries. We're going to have guys have to come up and down. And um, they've got some depth if they turn out, right? They're, they're rolling the dice on a lot of guys here. Yeah, I like it better than rolling the dice on another Joe Thornton. You know, as much as we all love Jumbo Joe, yeah. he just could not keep up with the team. And um, I even argue a lot of the time Simmons couldn't keep up with the team as I well. I, I don't know if I'd have brought him back, man. I, know, I don't. I like a lot of these deals this time. Like you said, mm. they've got a lot of wild cards. They've got a lot of dice to roll. And the more of them you have, the more likely it is you'll find a fit. I, I get all that. This year, they've rolled the dice younger. Right. Instead of Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton, it's it's Richie and it's Gusev and it's Hosang and it's Bunting and you know Kasha and and we'll see we'll see. And the other thing is, listen, I don't want to roll Richie into that category because like Richie's an NHLer. Yeah, it's just where he fits on our team as an NHLer. Yeah, Uh, like he's. I'm not worried about him going down to the Marlies for a stint for conditioning. Let's say. Wow, that but the other guys, he's making like right? two million or something. Yeah, but. right. Like the the other guys, it's it's the other guys who who are, you know they it's it's a show me contract, right? It, yeah, it's you're show looking me for left wing fits with Tavares mm-hmm. and with with Matthews. Yep, and honestly, I I know they said no to McKay of you know giving him the okay to hey we'll shop you, right? But you know the first second he pops his five goals in two weeks that he does every season. 
he's on his way out for something, right? Or whether he's I a sweetener so, eh? yeah. or something. Yeah, I listen. I, I fell in love with Soupy just like everybody sure. else did. Um, he he seemed like a fun-loving guy. He's fast, but he reminds me a lot of Kapanen, right? Hmm. He's almost too fast for his hands. And listen, yeah. the, the the league is littered with guys who can skate. Oh yeah, absolutely. The number littered. of shorthanded breakaways McKay have had last year that ended up in the corner instead of in yeah. the head. <laughs> just you know, he stick handles himself out of his own jockstrap half the time, yeah. which is hilarious. But you know, he just doesn't have that scores touch and listen you know you know the minute it's we the trade him to arizona trade. for something like he's going to go off for 15 goals that Probably. season but that's fine it's he the just, risk he's he not looked the like he had he's not he's never had a really hard shot there would be times in those first couple games two years ago when he first came over we'd be coming down the wing and he'd wind up and you'd be like oh he's gonna hammer it. You're like bloop right and it just kind of yeah. you're like oh soupy very dion no. finif like well, <laughs> maybe but it, he had some touch in close, and then he had that horrific wrist injury. And Absolutely he, horrific. He did get back in time for the bubble, and then last season, and maybe it comes back, but so far it just looks like that touch is kind of gone. And he's still very good on the penalty kill. He's still, you know, very good on a kind of checking line, probably with David Kampf this year, right, uh, on maybe a third line kind of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. he could do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that scores touch is coming back. No, and I think the difference between you look at a guy like him versus Engvall, maybe he's a little bit quicker. Engvall's still pretty quick on yep. his feet, yep. but at least you know what Engvall is, and I think Engvall knows what he is. You know, Engvall knows he's a fourth liner who can maybe push third line occasionally, mm-hmm. but in Mikheyev's head, he's a second liner. That seems to be the problem. He'd like and to get back to that. Let's okay. He that was a horrific, unfortunate injury. The fact that he's back in the league is is a minor miracle, mm-hmm. considering what happened. It only happens because they're pros and the medicals are right there. Yeah, <laughs> right. If that happens in beer league hockey, you're not. <laughs> you might not get that wrist back. Right. Okay. Um, it, it's so delicate. So, you know, full full marks to the guy for getting back. But you're right. He might just not have that touch the same way he used to. Right. Yeah. Um, just. To, <laughs> And we haven't touched on him yet, but just kind of the way that, honestly, Morgan Riley might not be the same with his hip. Could be. You know, or, um, I mean, they didn't really tell us what it was, but um, I think we talked about this, again, on air or off the air. It was probably sports hernia, but, um, or it could have actually been like a FAI, in the, which is a, a pinch in the hip um, that season, right? Remember, he, um, he pushed through the bubble and then got the surgery yes. after. Yeah. And, you know, he might just never be the same guy. It's true. Some man. injuries are like that. Some injuries are like that when you really require the, that small, fast twitch uh, control of muscles at that level. Mm-hmm. Some things don't come back the same way, unfortunately. I think the story for me that I'll be watching is honestly the goaltending. And I think we know... Whoa, 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 whoa. I got. I got to stop you here. You haven't even I, I, heard me out yet. I, I I have not been fiery this whole podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but if you're gonna sit here and tell me that Jack Campbell's not your guy, Jack Campbell is my guy. I will drive to Bytown. This <laughs> get in my car and drive to Bytown. Um. <laughs> cool. Bring some beer. Uh. Well, <laughs> you know what? Jack Campbell's gonna start opening night at uh, at the ACC, and I'm good with that. He's earned that honor. Nothing that's going to happen at training camp, in my opinion, is going to change that. But I, I am curious to see 
how Peter Morazic starts to fit in. And I do think we'll start to get an indication of whether or not the Leafs see this as Campbell's the starter till he shows otherwise and Morazic's his backup, or whether they view this as more of a 50-50 split throughout the season. I think you're going to get to see that pretty quickly um, you know, through the preseason. They only have six games this year. Normally they play eight or nine because they're cash cows, just like any other uh, Leaf opportunity, Leaf outing of any kind is, is all about making money. They only have six games. So I do think you'll see some of that half game action and then, you know, Joseph Wall or Ian Scott or Keith Petrozelli, some of these other goalies in the system will play the second half a bit, but probably in my opinion, only in the first two games or so. And then I think you're going to see, is it equal time for Campbell and Morazic the rest of the way, or are they leaning towards Campbell a little bit more? And that'll be interesting for me to see how they view this. Is there a starter and a backup or is this a 50-50 split? I, I wouldn't think this this isn't the old Carolina 50-50 split that they've been running out the last number of years. Right. My opinion of this is, I don't want to say it's a 1A-1B, it's kind of a 1A-1C. Okay. <laughs> Campbell has not, uh, Campbell hasn't put up, you know, what, what was the old, uh, trying to think of uh, Belfour when he played for, uh, oh God. For the Leafs, and he played like you know seventy three out of 80, 82 games. Yeah, right? Boater like, used to do that too. Glenn Hall played every game for like eight years at one point <laughs> in the seventies or sixties, whatever it was. You know, I, I don't think we're, and I, I don't think the expectation is your your number one guy does that anymore. But no. you want to see him push sixty five games, right? Like push close to tw- you know only leaving. 20-ish games at most mm-hmm. uh, for your backup. Um, the Leafs have been pretty good the last, gosh, you know, g- going back a number of years now. Well, they've been uh, trying hard. With the back-to-backs, you never do back-to-backs, no, right? But with Freddie, they were they kept saying, we want to back him off. We want to get to more like 50-30 yeah. with him and never did it. Well, well, and, well that's, yeah, until last year, because that's because we never had a decent backup. Um, they always got better yep. once they left the Leafs. I wonder why. <laughs> um, <laughs> something to do with that defensive core, right? Um I think the plan, like, my, my interpretation of this is that the team, and I know we talked about this last year, right? The team just plays different in front of Jack Campbell. They like Jack Campbell. They love Jack Campbell. He seems to fit in with them. And I know Austin Matthews did the UFC tour with Freddie. Yeah. And, you know, he might be best friends with Freddie, but the rest of the team, everybody else, the team plays different. Mm-hmm. Like, and they just seem to feel more comfortable in front of a guy like Jack Campbell. Um, now it's hockey that could change. Sure. You know, he, he listened to a couple soft yeah, ones, a couple Brazics, steals and, a couple, right. And, and you know, and then I look like a horse's ass, but that's, <laughs> it, that wouldn't be the first time. No, but I think you get a guy like Mrazic to say like, Hey, you're going to play 25, 30 games because our number one guys never really played that much. And that's fair. That's okay. Right? Like rest them up. Don't overuse him. Jack Campbell has a history of injuries as well, right? He's he's always kind of nicked up a little bit because yes. he play he seems to play really a little reckless a bit in his style, and um, so you've that's got why this, you, you've got this at twenty five to thirty. Let me let's yeah. lay it out here. Will Peter Morazic, in your opinion, then thirty games is the over under? I, I go under. I go under thirty. Really? I go that's under thirty. But I think it's close. I think yeah. he's 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 up around twenty eight. Maybe he maybe thirty is the magic number. Yeah. I just don't see them pushing Jack Campbell beyond fifty games, especially because of his injury. Well, that leaves thirty two for Morazic. 
right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so there you go, right? Like, I, I just kind of keep coming back around that number of of thirty ish. Okay, that that's where he's going to. I be. think that's what this looks like too. I and I don't think it's necessarily an even split, like like where it's forty one and forty one. I do think they lean a little towards Campbell, but I do believe that this will be a situation where. If Mrazek pitches a shutout and plays a great game, even if they were planning to go to Campbell next, they'll go back to Mrazek. Ooh, I see, think see, they'll that's ride I don't, the hot hand. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that because between Dubis and uh, and Keith, they seem to be the type, and you know, maybe it goes all the way up to Shanahan. They seem to really go with like, hey, stick to the plan. Tap you on the shoulder. This is what you're doing. You prepare for this. And I think that that's good for goalies, right? You don't want to... You don't want to be saying, "Hey, I, I know you thought you had a day off." Yeah, yeah. right. I, I think they're they're a little bit more I planned think, out. I, I think I disagree, man. I think they will ride the hot hand this year. I don't believe they have a tremendous. I think they were unhappy with the amount of loyalty that Mike Babcock had with Freddie. And you're right; he never had really great backup options. Um, but. I, I don't think they loved that loyalty. I think at this point, you've sort of, Campbell's only been here for a year and a little. Uh, Mrazek's brand new. I think they'll go with the hot, because let's not forget, Mrazek's the one on a three-year deal. Campbell's a UFA at the end of the year. And so, yeah, I don't think yeah, they're married to anybody right now. That's if they are, it's probably Mrazek first. I don't think they're married to anybody. I just yeah. think that the team, you know, if you're going back to that, the hot hand, I think you're going to the guy the team loves. Yeah. And uh, they definitely, I mean, maybe who knows why, <laughs> but you, you know, we can see it on, on Instagram, even during the, uh, during the pandemic before the bubble. I mean, this is a guy who, for whatever reason, has really embraced the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah. He loves the Leafs. For sure. He was in Toronto at the, at the Jays game, getting a little drunk. Like <laughs> this guy, for whatever reason, just loves Toronto. Right. Yeah. And you why know, wouldn't if, you? If, if there's anything that. As Leaf fans, we love more than a hometown John Tavares. Yeah. It's a guy who has no reason to be loyal to us, <laughs> but loves us anyway. John and loves McDonald, us anyway, right? Those are always right? the guys. Embraces the community. We love those guys, right? And right, sure. and that, so th- there's something about this guy that, um, and you know, maybe it was just you know we were the team to willing to give him another chance or yep. whatever it was. But he seems to fit really well with the temperament of the team as well, right? So. Um, and gosh, man, as many times when it came to the playoffs, you could say, hey, geez, you know, Freddie might have cost us that game that we should have won here or there. It's hard to argue. It, you, nobody was saying, hey, this was Jack Campbell's fault. Right. Right. Jack Campbell played out of his ass. Yep. It's just so did the guy on the other side. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know? That happens um, sometimes when you play against Carey Price, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe one of the best top three goalies of all time, Could right? Be. Um, By the time it's all said and done. God, I'd, I'd probably argue that now, to be honest with you. Wow. For what he's done. A, I mean, come on. If, if you look, but... if you, <laughs> and listen, what, he's missing one very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being, listen, I think that has a lot to do with the team. They've a bunch of midgets they've been putting in front of him <laughs> for a decade now. But this is a guy who, when push comes to shove, is literally still, if you have one game, you know, there's maybe one guy in the Olympics coming up. Him. He may be in the net. He might be in the net when we get to. And if you game. had told me last year, I know that he'd be the guy I in the net. Know. I'd say Bullshit. no fucking way. Yep, I would have been right there with you. Let me ask you one more thing because 
we have the uh, the rare opportunity here to speak to somebody who actually deals with injuries from time to time. Austin Matthews had wrist surgery late in the summer. They expect him uh, to miss a fair bit of camp, but hopefully be ready for night one. One of Matthews' gifts is is obviously that shot, right? The way he can get it off in tight, how quick it is. He's added the one-timer. He, like, the guy is a killer as a shooter and put up last year in just 56 games, uh, and actually far less than that for him as he was injured for a little bit. Um, yeah. Just ungodly goal scoring numbers. And probably right now you always have to tip your cap to Ovechkin until he retires, but Austin Matthews might be the best pure goal scorer in the league right now. After knowing that he just had wrist surgery, are you worried about that? being reduced a little bit this year you mean the guy who has the best wrist shot in the league yes uh having wrist problems problems yes (laughs) no i'm not of course i'm concerned right (laughs) um (laughs) and you know i just did a quick quick google search as you were talking just to make sure i'm not talking too much out of my ass but they really didn't you know typical nhl leaf style did not disclose anything they didn't give up much um so is it a God, there could be 30 different surgeries they could do in the wrist. Um, I assume based on the timeline that's on Sportsnet right now of six weeks for recovery, they, they probably went in and cleaned up some scar tissue. So they kept saying, and, and Elliot Friedman described it this way after speaking to the Leafs, they wanted it to calm down the injury, right? And whether it's mm-hmm. whether that's throbbing, whether it's whatever. He played through it last year but it, it wouldn't calm down because he kept playing. So the plan was at the end of the season, don't skate, right? Don't be shooting, whatever. Let's give it some mm-hmm. time okay. and see if it, and he was very specific that that's the word and term they were using for it to calm down. And once he got skating again, it flared back up. And rather than go through an 82 game season this year, they went in and cleaned it up. So what calm down means is nothing to me. Like, I, I don't know, but you might, right? Well, and that's, that's the problem. I mean, like, even if you were like, as a more common thing, let's say a knee, um, to calm a knee down, you know, there's, there's a few structures in the knee. You could be talking about a meniscus. You could be talking about scar tissue, um, something around the tendons. My guess is, is there's some issue with healing and scar tissue around some of the tendons in his wrist. Um, because if it was anything around the wrist, which is, you know, our word for that is your carpals. Um, so if everybody looks at their, everybody listening to this podcast, if you're not driving, you're looking at the crease. Hands on the wheel, folks. Hands on the wheels, right? <laughs> Don't want any lawyers calling that. No, call no. on Matt. Um, if you look at the crease in your wrist, it's actually the bones distal, so farther, like closer to your hand. That's actually what we consider your wrist. And it's, it's 10 tiny, tiny little bones called your carpals that, you know, basically allow your hands to be your hands and move the way they do. If you're getting hacked and slashed and all that sort of shit and falling on them all the time, they you know they get pissed off like anything else would. If you were doing anything at those bones, this would not be a six week recovery. So I'm almost trying to work backwards from the the given recovery and try to figure out what's going sure, on. Right. Um, I don't think they did anything at the tendons because again, that now we're looking at 10, 12 weeks minimum. Um, my professional style opinion would be knowing it's to calm things down into a six week timeline. They probably went in 
clears some scar tissue up. Right. Like they, like, you know, you typically hear about football players or soccer players or um, whatever it might be um, looking at their knees, right? And they, you know, they go in and they, look, they do a little scope and they clean up some of the, the shit that's just not healing properly to let it hopefully calm down, right. kind of give the body the ability to basically injuries are, um, you know, when I, when I have clients in the room, I try to, I draw out a little thing. I'm like, there's guys on one side who are trying to build things up and there's guys on one side trying to break things down. <laughs> right. And it's just a tug of war of going through this. And when we have an injury that won't heal, it's the guys who are breaking things down because they're feeling, um, stressed. Right. For, for lack of a better term, are working harder or there's more of those guys. So you want to try to, you know, that's what things like anti-inflammatory uh, medication, that's what that does, right? It gives the other, it calms those guys down to allow the healing to start up. Right. Um, bracing, uh, you know, cast, that's what that does, right? To take that stress away. So I'm assuming that's what they've done is they've gone in and tried to maybe clear some of that shit out to allow the body to heal properly again. Right. Um, so does that give me pause? Of course, because it's still going to take him time to get back to what he's used to doing. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, there are very low chance that there be any long-term consequences. Right. So it's more likely he does get back to what he does, but maybe he gets off to a slow start. Maybe it's a slow start, which would be weird because he's always such a quick it's out of really the game. really is. Like crazy. Right. Yeah. He loves he loves scoring in the first game. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's almost like he's still an eight year old kid. Just no, oh, for sure. Consider the shoot flying right? always, right? Yeah, like it's so that'll be interesting. And another note to keep an eye on. It doesn't look like, and and that's one of the reasons you know one of the things hockey fans make fun of all the time is when we start to see line combinations from those first couple skates where there's sixty forwards in camp or whatever. <laughs> I'm not paying any attention to any of them because when your number one center is in there. You don't know which guys are just placeholders and which guys are like in theory, if you were to see, uh, I don't know, Adam Brooks playing between <laughs> Mitch Marner and Ilya Mikheyev, you'd probably go, okay, that's the Austin Matthews spot and they're testing Marner and Mikheyev together and Adam Brooks, you will not be there when the season starts, but it might also be that they're going to plan a little bit to maybe have to start without Matthews. And so maybe you're seeing Tavares between Marner and Nylander, right? Like that yeah. could, so that's one of the reasons I'm way less interested this year and follow us on Twitter at tall can audio. I may get very interested very quickly. If I start to see something crazy, yeah. I, I was going to say, give it about two periods of that first preseason game on Saturday. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Suddenly I'll be, uh, I'll be fired up about it, but, but yeah, you just don't know if it's placeholder or if these are actually things like, Maybe they are going to look at Kerfoot with Nylander and then loading up a big line with Tavares. Mm -hmm. We just don't know. So, and we're going to know even less this time. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Matthews thing makes it tough to follow a lot of the upfront thought processes, right? As, as we move through camp, just because he's not going to be there. And yeah, I think best case scenario is maybe, you know, he's back for opening night, but it's a little bit of a slow start. And uh, as long as you're telling me, there's a pretty good chance he's going to go back to where he's supposed to be. Yeah, ba based on the six-week timetable, I don't think there's anything for us Leaf diehards to be too right. worried about. And, you know, don't worry about taking him in your fantasy league or anything right. like that. I think I think he's still going to put up his... What I mean, it's two years in a row he's been robbed of the 50 goals, I right? Know. So at some point, that <laughs> I keep... He's going to well, be, what, be the a third, third guy for the... 
third third for the for the least, which is kind of sad. But this would be his third in a row, which would be that's the crazy thing, right? We've only had. Yeah, if he gets off to a slow guy. start because of the wrist injury and lands at forty eight come the end of the year, you're like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, anything else you wanted to hit on on this one, man? Oh man, I'm almost I'm almost ready for a nap after that. I know we hit a, covered <laughs> a lot of ground. Wound up. Yeah, got me all wound up. Training camp, man. It's time to get excited. <laughs> 18 defensemen that you've never heard of showing up at camp tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, this is this is what Yankee and Red Sox fans sound like, right? Honestly. <laughs> like February, right? That we make fun of, and then here, here we are. Here we are, for sure, man. That ninth early defenseman. September. Yeah. Got to wor- Wait, I know. <laughs> Who's going to anchor that, uh, that Marley's power play? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. Who's uh, the first call up and everything else, right? I know. Hit us with a couple of the uh, social media spots and what you're working on these days, man. Uh, always find me at Matt Does Physio on Instagram, where um, I think eventually I'm going to get back to these uh, these injury reports and trying to simplify injury reports and uh, some of the rehab that are happening in the world of sports Start for everybody. Matthews. Start with Matt. I guess I got my first one yeah, right do there. Do some right? research and let us know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> make some calls dig dig in exactly, like a journalist right? a little bit yes. actually figure out what's going on um yeah that, i mean that's the easiest way to find me uh it's at matthew lang on twitter for my bad beer takes <laughs> and my occasionally good sport takes <laughs> uh, and of course at foundation physio uh for the professional stuff online on instagram and physio foundation physio or twitter. there you go foundation physio continues to blow up across toronto Ben just uh locations all over the city if you're in the greater toronto area and needing a physio foundations where you want to go man this is fun i'm, I'm glad we did this again glad you're able to tag always. in oh always I, like i said i want that i want the uh the boom with the maddie lang baby all right That's, there's my request you're giving me homework eh? <laughs> a little extra editing work i'll go find it for you for sure um for maddie lang my name is matt robinson we're on twitter and instagram at tall can audio facebook.com slash tall can audio please subscribe wherever you're listening right now uh rob returns on monday morning as he always does so stick around for that until next time mm, nope don't like that outro i kind of tripped over my own tongue there man. whatever until next time my name's <laughs> fuck all of this eh i've talked myself into a corner Can you get us out of here? (laughs) Until next time, this is Tall Can Audio. That a boy. Thank you. Wow. If y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink, I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. If y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.